Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by Tabitha and Katie. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. And today we have a special guest. Actually, you're our first guest ever on the show, so you're extra special. We have (laughs) Devin. Which I just interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> great start, great start. So Devin is actually one of my uh, former roommates <laughs> from college. Good old Cal State Long Beach, you know. And uh, yeah, she's still actually repping Long Beach down there. How is it over there? Uh, it's hot and humid. Um, you can take your Florida with you, please. <laughs> you know, today was actually really like 75 breezy. <laughs> so God. thank you for sending the weather over here. I appreciate it. Trainsies. So Devin is actually has a small connection to, ta- to today's case. Um, her uncle's a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Her uncle was one of the uh, detectives on this case, and this case was actually lead featured. detective. Oh, lead detective! Lead. Okay. Oh my god! Wow! Yeah, I didn't realize. <laughs> big, 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 deal. big celebrity. Uh, so yeah, and this case is actually featured on Forensic Files, <laughs> so, season so Devin's thirteen, uncle. episode twenty-four, and yeah, so his uncle. You can, I, you can uh, see my uncle when he looks young. It was a surprise to me, too. <laughs> when I was watching it, I'd asked Tabitha, which one was your uncle? And then when he popped up on the screen, I was like, there he is. <laughs> it felt like a celebrity moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> We're all connected. It was for him, too, when he showed it to our entire family. <laughs> I was all, every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this is me, guys. This is the glory days. The glory days. Is he still a detective? Or is he retired? Uh, no, so he retired a few years ago, and he's actually trying to get back into the sheriff uh, department again. Oh, okay. uh, he was a detective. He did, like, the helicopter um, division, sheriff, and so he's done it all. He's done it all. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So local town hero celebrity, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you name it. So, yeah. Yes. So welcome, Devin. Uh and Devin, actually, if, um, I don't know if she's going to be funny at all in this episode, but she's a comedy. <laughs> she's a comic. <laughs> Which me and Katie think we are, and we're obviously not. So. <laughs> but yeah, we'll you see. Guys, we'll if, see. If you're living in the SoCal area, you guys should definitely check her out. And you can check out her Instagram at Devin Liu. So give her a follow. <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> Please, uh, please help me. <laughs> That's pretty much what we beg every episode. Yeah. <laughs> follow us. Please um, like us. So, <laughs> since this case has something to do with the Russian River here in California. Um, I'm sorry, you didn't little... say that right. What? You didn't say that right. Russian River? Yeah. What do you mean? It's Russian oh. River. <laughs> I was literally I was confused, confused too. I was all, it's Russian River. I've been there. <laughs> Have I been living next to the wrong river? Like. Oh my God. Um, I forgot that your accent will come out. <laughs> Sorry to all the Russians. That's my favorite Actually, feature really. when we play King's Cup. What was that? This is my favorite thing to do when we play King's Cup. It is. And my favorite thing is to reverse it. <laughs> make everyone talk with accents. I don't care the accent. Just talk in an accent. Any accent will do. Not even all, a real one. And all my friends are introverted, so they all just shut up. <laughs> I know. Like, literally, it's the most quiet I ever am. Is <laughs> that role is in effect. 
zip it unless I'm already drunk, obviously. Um, but anyways, anyways, we're doing a little California spin on a white Russian. Um, nothing too crazy, but we are going to call it the White Russian River. So you're going to take a bucket glass and fill that with the ice. White Russian River. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it right. <laughs> and then two ounces of your favorite vodka. Um, and I chose Tito's because that's what I had in my house. Then you're going to add some California gold in there with a half ounce of Goldschlager. Add in an ounce of Kahlua um, or your favorite coffee liqueur. Then top it with an ounce of heavy cream and a little sprinkle of cinnamon. And Cheers. Drink I it all up. actually <laughs> did Cheers. almond milk because I'm lactose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any more problems in my life. So Nope. And Goldschlager, like even just saying the term Goldschlager, my like liver quivered, but it's actually pretty good. (laughs) I've had some good and bad times with Goldschlager. Mostly bad. (laughs) Yep. Ah, well cheers guys. What do you think, Devin? I can hear your I can hear your your chingling in ice. Sorry, I got ice in mine. No, that's good. You're supposed to have ice in it. I just think mine is melting or I drink it too fast. So if you want to get the recipe for this drink, you can follow our Instagram at crimes and cocktails. If you want to tell us how great or how terrible this recipe is, you can email us at crimes.cocktails at gmail.com. If you want to like the one tweet I put out per month, you can follow me at, or us at Cocktails Crimes. Yeah, and if you want to donate a few bucks to the cause, <laughs> uh, you can go to our patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails. And currently we are pausing the month of September uh, just because you guys know we took a little break. We're getting back on the swing of things. So we're going to give you a break. And Devin is actually one of our patrons that I owe some stickers to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the, one of the OG. <laughs> you are the OG. Maybe I'll give you a Where t-shirt. Where my stickers? I, I know. We owe her so many stickers, and now we owe her a t-shirt. Also, we owe her a keychain, because when she got the keychain, it was broken. Oh. oh. Yeah, Don't say that on the air. <laughs> Those are quality keychains. What are you talking about? Oh, man. Mine's broken, Where did you say people could submit complaints to again? Everybody, <laughs> you got a bad keychain. <laughs> You're all up on our Yelp. <laughs> if, if you got a one. bad keychain, you need to donate more you know so you can get, they can get you a better keychain. <laughs> I know that the only reason people go on Yelp is to complain. And when I was a server, well, you know this, Katie. Oh, yeah. You always needed, like, a good Yelp review to get the table. So Katie, and I think, Devin, you might have even done this for me, too, left me fake good reviews so oh, I, I did could, so i could get some good table settings i have whatever. several um anonymous emails floating around out there that i use to give me <laughs> good but reviews. i'm not really like a big believer in the negative uh you know yelp review but today i went negative on yelp i left a negative i left my very first negative yelp review i feel like that wow. is your first step into adulthood <laughs> Well, I applied for this apartment complex when I was, you know, looking for places back in June. And the weird thing is they made me pay the security deposit when I applied. And it was like... Such a scam. Yeah, it was like three or $400. And um, when I paid it, you know, I didn't get the apartment or whatever and stuff. But uh, they said, oh, we'll mail you back the security deposit within four to six weeks. Well, it's like eight or nine weeks now. And I've heard nothing from them. Every time I call email it's all automated or like sometimes i text with somebody who responds like oh yeah we're sending it and i'm like bullshit and so <laughs> eventually i was just like you know fuck this i'm leaving them a yelp review and i wrote on their big caps do not apply to this complex and i put on there they steal your money yeah basically and someone replied like within the did. hour and actually gave me a useful email like the first person to give me a, a different email to actually contact a real person i was like wow so negative yelping does help i'll sometimes. remove my review when you add another hundred to that to check <laughs> the child mentioned a check start negotiating, start negotiating. seriously <laughs> this has turned into a hostage situation with your deposit yeah but like, what the fuck man 
I'm just glad it wasn't like a California style deposit where it's like $2,000 and it was a Florida <laughs> deposit of like $300. Jeez, I could really use that $300. Though. Can't we all? Can't we all? All right. How'd you move from California to Florida and you're still poor? <laughs> it hasn't set it's in been a yet. <laughs> and I just want to apologize real quick, guys. Uh, we are trying to record in a time frame that works for me in Florida. So it's earlier in California than our normal recording time. So yeah, you're gonna hear a lot of traffic and random things in the background and that's just the way it is. So enjoy. <laughs> so enjoy this. It makes me think of home. Ah, oh, traffic. I know. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> I no, don't. I don't. <laughs> Got some sirens in the background. <laughs> I, I actually haven't heard a siren yet. I'm shocked. <laughs> I am I am shocked. Color me surprised. All right. So I'm not in that part of Florida, I guess. <laughs> no, different part. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So for tonight's little crime, uh, Michelle Donna Johnson. She was born on February 17th, 1972 in Grand Island, Nebraska. Um, her parents are Jean and Dorothy Johnson. Um, when she was pretty young, her parents divorced, and then her mom remarried to Marshall Dong. What? <laughs> Dong. The names in this episode are going to be unreal, guys, so buckle in. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Dong. Um, so he raised her from the age of three. Mr. Dong. <laughs> Sorry, I'm 12. Um, anyway, so uh, Michelle was very beautiful. Um, she had aspirations to be a model in her 20s, but she um, you know, didn't hit the big time there. Uh, but she was, she was beautiful, though. She like, was. Like, I'm sure we'll be posting a picture of her on our Instagram. Um, but she was very beautiful. So, I mean, she could have made it <laughs> in, in that field, I'm sure. Um, she was also a very bubbly person. She was always making new friends. She had also been a cheerleader in junior high and high school. So she was that type of girl. Um, but she did drop, end up dropping out her senior year. Um, and then she was also very close to her younger half-siblings, Stephanie and Adam Dong. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, uh, as we were like, reading this and typing it up, I was like laughing at the Dong because you guys already know very stupid <laughs> i'm a four-year-old little boy no big deal mm -hmm. so and this year she is now 32 years old um she had recently separated from her husband robert demartini i don't know that's not <laughs> funny but weird uh it's actually kind of cool i'm gonna be called demartini uh they had been together for 10 years and so her and her two children robert and don they moved in with her, her mom and her stepfather. Her mom had been remarried at this time. It wasn't the best situation, though. Basically sounded like she wasn't getting along with her mom and stepdad. Her stepdad, Paul Shikirkin. <laughs> Shikirkin. I think that's how Sh you say that. Shikirkin. 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 I don't know. Anyways, that's his Sh name. Shikirkin. Shikirkin. Uh, apparently, like, they did not get along. I think I actually read that at one point there was a restraining order between, I think, the two of them. Like, Damn. she did not like him, and she wanted people to know she didn't like him. So I don't know what happened there, why she had so much disdain for him, but she was not about Paul Sugarkin, whatever. <laughs> So in 2004, 32-year-old Michelle, she had just moved out of this situation and into her own new apartment. She's pretty excited for this. She had a fresh start in life. Uh, she actually had started dating someone around this time. And so it was this exciting, you know, kind of rebirth. Like, 32 is really, it's not that old, guys. <laughs> Dude, I know. <laughs> when I read this, I'm all, she's already lived such a life <laughs> at 32. I'm all two kids what <laughs> oh my mom had like all her kids by the time she was like 26 so yeah no my mom too <laughs> different Dang. times different times but she so they had just moved into this new well she it was saturday uh, and her friends were helping her move into this new apartment 
And around this time, her and her friends, you know, they go out and grab drinks and stuff. And there was a local pub called the Bullpen Bar. Now, this place takes place in Gurneyville. Or is Gurnville. it Gurn- Gurnville? Okay. Not Gurney. <laughs> Gurney. <laughs> this isn't Sesame Street. <laughs> okay. So, Gurnville is a small town in Sonoma County that I've obviously never been to. And it's in Northern California, which, um, Devin, have you been to? Kernville. Yes, actually. Uh, I'm from Sonoma County, a smaller town, Petaluma. It's about 45 minutes away from Gurnville. Cool. <laughs> I've Born been to Gurnville, too. It's uh, very small. Is it really small? <laughs> yeah, it's um, small. Yeah. I was looking at pictures of it, and it looked like it was just kind of one street. Yeah, if you're going to go to Armstrong, Armstrong um, Woods, like the Redwoods over there, you have to pass through this um this town mm. to get over there and yeah so it's Taylor pretty very green times yeah okay yeah i was looking at the history of it and it said you know it was like a little logger town back in the day and it's right along the river the russian river so it kind of makes sense but it looks really pretty and everything um so they'd go to this very divey sports bar uh pretty often called like i said the bullpen bar which did any of you guys go to that bar at all or see it no. I didn't, but I already know exactly what it's like. Like any dive bar in those small little redwood towns. Oh, yeah, those are classic, classic dive bar. <laughs> I, I, it's exactly what I pictured, too. I went to, like, the website just to try and get, like, a little feel for it. And, like, the headline is karaoke with Country Dan every Tuesday and Thursday. Come on in. Never recover. It's like, yeah, I feel like it's every Hollywood bar fight scene kind of vibe. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, your feet stick to the floor. And <laughs> and you're guaranteed oh, yeah, don't. to have a grandpa hit on you. Like somebody old enough to have a grandpa. In overalls. In overalls. Yeah, in overalls. Shirt optional. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're not that, kind of not that hickey. But <laughs> you probably get a, a good, healthy, uh, healthy pour, though, too, I would imagine. So... Those yeah, for like two bucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I like dive bars. Um, good vibes. <laughs> so, you know me and Kingston. <laughs> Just kidding. There's nothing wrong with Kingston. If you're visiting Slayers, do not go to Kingston. Actually, don't go to Jamie's. It's even worse. Uh, nothing good happens there. So, like I was saying, she had just moved out, and she's moving in her own place. Her friends, this is where we have some more interesting names. Her, she had a friend named Sunshine Hunter, and then uh, <laughs> another friend that has a more normal name, Stacy Lormer. But they were helping her move into her place, and so was her boyfriend at the time, one of his friends. And at the end of the night, they decided, you know what, let's just go down the bar, and let's go grab Last Call real quick at the bullpen bar. So... Her and her two girlfriends, they, like, go off to this bar there, and it's just down the street. It's, like, three miles away from her apartment. They get there a little bit after midnight on Saturday night, March 14th, 2004. But for some reason, Sunshine and Stacy have to go drop another friend off, which I don't know who this third friend is. I don't know if it's someone that they had to go pick up and drop off or if it was someone with them. I couldn't really find any information about this mystery person. But they leave Michelle at the bar. So I feel like it's kind of one of those bars where, like, she probably went there all the time. She knows the bartender. She knows people there. So she felt comfortable to kind of just, yeah, I'm just going to go for drinks. And they're like, okay, we'll be back in 15 minutes. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll get you around, you know, or something like that. So she goes inside alone. Her friends take off. And she's having a good time. You can look at, like, the video cameras that they kind of have. And she seems to know a lot of different people in this bar. Like, she's... A social butterfly hopping around talking to people having a good time but her friends take longer than 15 minutes to come back so she has about three drinks in the 30 30 40 minutes she's there which sounds like a good time to me and <laughs> she leaves the bar roughly around they estimate 12 50 12 54 a.m which i'm like where where are her friends like they said they're gonna be back in 15 minutes like Come back in 15 minutes or sooner. I don't know. Super weird. Yeah. But I'm guessing because she's like, this is a small town, whatever. I don't live that far. I'm just going to walk home kind of a thing. So this is really sad, actually. They say that the last that a lot of people saw of her, that she seemed to be like really happy and smiling. She was holding her jacket, just walking down the street. You know, like, here's this girl who's 
literally reinventing her life and it was a good day and unfortunately this horrible thing's about to happen to her so there was a homeless man that was living in a tent kind of near the main street and highway 116 near the russian river and he actually had heard some commotion outside his tent he said uh he heard car doors closing and then he heard a male voice say get in the car get in the fucking car and then a woman responded being like no no way i'm not no fucking way i'm not getting in the car the homeless man his name is travis king he thought he heard a struggle or something and then he heard a really loud clunk like a like a cement block which was being thrown into the truck or something like that so he wasn't really sure if it was one or two male voices he heard but i'm imagining he probably hears a lot of shit on the street living out there so he kind of just was like okay someone's having a little argument whatever he didn't really think about it until you know michelle disappeared and then he decided to go and talk to police about it which i'm like good for you man yeah what a kind person yes um so timothy mills michelle's boyfriend at this time was wrapping up stuff in her new apartment with their friend dusty Rhodes. <laughs> names like um, don't real. the parents just think about this like when you name your kid like hmm. our last name's Rhodes. Let's name our Dusty. kid Dusty. Last name's Hunter. Sunshine. Let's do this. Come <laughs> on. Uh, they were in the apartment when they heard a loud car drive by and a woman screaming for help. It was about 1 a.m. at this point, and Dusty said that he heard very, very loud screams, saying, "Oh God, help me, please, somebody help me." Like, imagine thinking back later and then you know, knowing that that was your friend and you heard all of that. That's just, uh, I would feel just. Uh, yeah, so, I couldn't. What's that word? Um, so they looked out the window and they saw a dark colored truck flying by the road with lights like bouncing around. And at the same time, Michelle's friends, Sunshine and Stacy, had returned to the bar and they heard Michelle had left, so they headed back to her apartment. They also saw a dark colored red truck pass by with a loud engine, music blasting, and a woman screaming out of the trunks out of the truck's cab and straddling the tailgate like she was trying to get out. They thought it was a drunk person at the time. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so like in the in the back of the truck, not yeah. the cab, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And so she was like trying to get out and they're just like, Oh, it's just some drunk person. I mean I could I guess I could kinda see that, you know, like you're in some country little town and you have people riding the back of trucks. I have definitely seen some crazy things drive past my high school when I lived in that county. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I probably, I would be concerned, but I probably would definitely think like, okay, yeah, that's definitely some people that went a little too hard and going to do something stupid. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, So not only did Michelle's boyfriend and her friends witness this truck and hear um, screaming, but so did a whole bunch of neighbors. One neighbor, um, which the apartment manager actually um, she heard the screams and thought it was kids and then like kind of stopped and thought about it for a minute. I was like, no, that, that sounds too desperate. That can't just be kids. So she um, saw the truck and then went inside and called 911. Um, some other neighbors. What a good, also, good person. Well, I know. Seriously. So we got the apartment manager and the homeless man. <laughs> They're doing totally the it, here. It's small towns, man. Everybody knows everybody. Like someone will say something. Yeah, Even if it's totally just a complaint. Here, like a plane <laughs> flying over one of you guys. Uh, live near an airport, guys. So sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not me. I don't live near an airport. So. It's funny. Um, it takes me back to Monterey, you know? I know. I swear, every time we tried to record, like, some plane would take off. And I was like, why? (laughs) I need to know their schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. So, as uh, that uh, apartment manager was calling the police, some other neighbors recall hearing screams as well. And then seeing the truck fly by. um, And then they heard the screams just abruptly stop. And then the car drove back, like, off shortly after the screams stopped. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Michelle's boyfriend and his friend Dusty um, did actually try to take off running towards the truck because they were like, wait, no, something's wrong. Um, they ran about three miles and then <laughs> decided to turn back around and head back to the apartment. I can't even walk three miles. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, they're all running three miles. 
like, how much do you care about me if I get kidnapped? Would you run three miles for I, I me? I mean, I would I don't try. know if I could do it for you. I would, tr- I would definitely try, but I'm not going to lie. I'm not a runner. <laughs> I'm not a runner. I get cramps very easily. So, sorry. Don't, you guys know don't get broken, kidnapped that way. I broke my ankle like five times. <laughs> <laughs> She's running after the truck that Devin's in, and your ankle just, both your ankles just snap. <laughs> don't you put that juju on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to crawl back Well, I hope that doesn't happen to either of you. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think honestly, some adrenaline probably, you know, jumps in there. And these are, these are probably young men in their, their prime. Yeah. Around 30. So I don't know. He's fit. used to roads. Dusty roads. <laughs> so he's good to go. Anyway, so on their walk back, they saw Michelle's blue and white leather jacket just sitting on the road. And then a broken watch that had stopped at 1.20 a.m. Some jewelry. A tooth. And a small pool of blood. So, obviously, they called the Sounds police. like an amateur over here. She's leaving all this evidence behind. And a tooth and blood. Come on, man. So, they ran inside and called 911. When officers arrived at the scene, they also found an unopened can of Budweiser, a water bottle, and a bottle of tonic water. And then... Um, Criminalist Richard Waller at the scene said that the blood spatter and smearing on the road were consistent with a person being struck on the head and then dragged away. And just this unopened can of beer? Oh, yeah, and then they're like, um, for a job well done. That's the concerny part. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, there's all this blood, but someone wasted a perfectly good beer. It's warm now. What the heck? (laughs) Wait. Did you know there are sober children in Africa? So her friends and family looked all over the place for her, and they tried to put up, you know, flyers and everything to try to find her because at this point they realized she's missing, you know. But unfortunately, they did not find her. So at this point, the police are actually pretty lucky because there are so many witnesses of this red truck. So they immediately started with red trucks that fit the description in the area. The first red truck that they came upon was owned by a Sean Phillips, who actually happened to be a father, I mean a friend, a friend of Michelle's stepdad, Paul. And Paul apparently would often borrow the truck. So we already know that Paul and Michelle don't get along. And then I think there, I think there was a history of this restraining order which i need to look into so don't call me on it (laughs) but we already know they don't like each other or they don't get along and then you know a red truck is seen here so this is not looking good at all so they started there and when they talked to paul his alibi was that he was out shopping late at the grocery store with his wife dorothy and it was around midnight which is weird but okay Also in a small town, is the grocery store even open at midnight? I don't know. Maybe it was like a CVS or something. Like a mini mart. Yeah, some kind of mini mart. They, his alibi said that he actually saw Michelle walking down the street, but because of the strained relationship, they opted not to say hi to her, which seems kind of sus to me. Like, okay, you happen to be in the same vicinity. Like, and the police basically thought the same thing. They're like, okay, well, you could, he would have had time to drop off Dorothy at home and then come back out and like get her. So we're going to go down this warpath and look into this. But he actually passed his polygraph test, which doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, it's something, you could but you could definitely fake it. And then the owner of the truck, Sean, was actually in San Francisco, which is like pretty far away from there. I don't know the exact distance, but far enough. Was it like an hour? Two hours? Yeah, probably like an hour, maybe a little more. Hour and a half, something like that. So they kind of put this on hold while, you know, they're trying to like figure out, okay, well, like what other what other people could we possibly look at? There was another owner of a red truck in the area, a thirty four year old Luke Hasler, who actually lived I think it was like right next to where um, her body was found at the time, but they had not found her body yet. Um or no, I'm sorry. They He lived actually right next to where her stuff was found. That's right. So that's a little bit of a coincidence, but it's also a very small town. So they go and 
talk to Luke Hassler, who is currently at the time an unemployed butcher. And he happened, what really was interesting to them is that he happened to be eating at the old or odd fellows hall having dinner, which is exactly like one block and across the street from the bar that Michelle was at. And he happened to be eating and drinking there pretty late the same night. And he happened to also be a, a very odd fellow. And a very odd fellow. I know, what a weird name for Odd Fellows Hall. And I actually was reading this like a, it's like a... It's a fraternity. Yeah, like it's a like club, like a private club or something. That's mm-hmm. so weird. Odd Fellow. Well, <laughs> they really know how to pick them. So... <laughs> Several people said that they noticed that he was extremely intoxicated that night that Michelle went missing and he had been drinking at the bar there for several hours. And two of the servers that were working the hall said that Hassler was just making a lot of really bad advances at them. And at one point he like purposely broke a glass on the floor so that the server could bend over to clean it up and he could stare down her shirt. This girl, oh by the God. way, was only smooth, 15 years smooth, old. Smooth, man. Smooth, what? right? No one's ever thought of that one before. Because <laughs> he was 15? Yep. That's just wrong. It's just wrong. And also, yeah, like, bleh. So, and then I guess he was trying to hit on her older sister, who also worked there. She was 19, so I guess legal, but still. And he kept, like, asking her for her phone number, and she kept saying, no, like, I'm not interested. I actually have a boyfriend. And he just kept being really persistent about it, and also trying to find ways that tear down her shirt and whatnot so uncomfortable near the end of the dinner they uh witnesses in the area said that he briefly left the hall and then when he came back like his whole demeanor changed and he appeared to be like just a lot more aggressive and i guess he like kicked the bar and broke some bottles or something and then one person said that he was acting like somebody that was on speed or like drugs he was like bouncing off the walls so I don't know what he did. Um, I didn't read any reports of him having anything in his system, but obviously they didn't. I mean, there was no police that night, so who knows? Maybe he did take some drugs or something. But people, he ended up leaving the hall around 1230 at night, which would have been about 20 minutes before Michelle left the bar across the street. And people at the hall said that he kind of like struggled to pull out of the lot, and then he drove away super crazy and went down the wrong way, down like a one-way street, and that his red truck had a very loud engine, which is also something witnesses were talking about when they talked about seeing a red truck is how loud the engine was. Cause that's actually, I think what uh, a lot of people heard first was the really loud engine zipping down the street and then they heard the screaming and everything. So thing got a Hemi. Yeah. Uh, so it did not take long for the police to be like, uh, this guy is fucking guilty. Um, but the, it's just circumstantial evidence, obviously. Um, so they go to question him and notice that his bright red truck is freshly cleaned. Um, and they ask him if he knew Michelle, had heard anything, seen anything, you know, the usual. Um, of course, he denies knowing her or seeing anything. Um, and the uncles, so, you know, Uncle Dave, Uncle the, Sergeant the, Dave Thomas. I was like, the uncles. <laughs> My uncle. uncle. <laughs> Um, and his partner know that they just need him to um, slip up somehow. So while one detective is at the door asking him questions, the other takes a cloth and puts water on it and rubs it along the bed of the truck. Um, like he had some sort of chemical on there to absorb DNA, um, which is like a great little trick <laughs> to have on there. The theater. So. The theater. Yes. Um, so Luke notices this and starts to get pretty nervous. Um, and after the detectives leave, he calls his friend Michael Potts and says the police were just there questioning him, but he didn't do anything. Um, however, the next day, probably after a night of sweating the shit out of his brains all night, uh, he calls Potts again and says that he was super drunk the night before and accidentally ran into a girl and freaked out and put her in the river. Oh, okay. <laughs> you want to hear a, a fun fact about the, the swab on the truck? Yes. Yes. It, uh... <laughs> In the forensic files, I think they did a, a diversity hire because my uncle was just like, yeah, they hired a black dude to play my partner <laughs> who swabbed the truck. I was like, it was just two white guys there. 
mean, Northern California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, there weren't that many black cops, so they just had to throw one in there to show we're a little more diverse. We're not as hicky as we seem. <laughs> Spice it up. Oh. Yeah. Also, huge red flag. Someone's washing their truck. We're known for our, like, mud-covered truck, so immediately guilty. Immediately guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there's no Doesn't look like a chicken's been living in the bed of the truck. <laughs> it's like yeah, a badge yeah. of honor. Just like, yeah, I went mudding the other day. It was great. I'm going to do it again this weekend. <laughs> I remember that. I used to have like a Chevy Blazer, and I would, after I went like off roading, I would leave that layer of mud on there. <laughs> R.I.P. Chevy Blazer. R.I.P. Oh, R.I.P. So many good car. times. <laughs> Little <laughs> chewy. Yeah. Named her Chewy because every time you turn her right, the eyes go. <laughs> <laughs> I also determined she was a female because she was on her fucking period all the time, bleeding out oil all over the place. So, <laughs> all a little Chewy. R.I.P. Uh, so take a shot. Uh, for Luke you. <laughs> also tells the same story about accidentally hitting somebody to his friend Brett Ingram and then his girlfriend Melissa McConnell. He told Melissa that he accidentally clipped Michelle with his truck's side mirror when she was walking down Highway 116, and he came around a curve. He said he put her in the back of his truck so he could get her to the hospital, and then she freaked out and jumped out the back and killed herself because he was driving 55 miles per hour. Um, Then his uh, girlfriend asked him if he had hooked up with Michelle, and he said no. Okay, like, I'm sorry, but... (laughs) Is that the the question you asked? But did you care if did you, you sleep her, with her? But did, but you, did you, you sleep with that bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I wasn't gonna do anything. I just wanted to take her. I wasn't gonna have sex with her or anything, just like as the reward. <laughs> but did you sleep with her? <laughs> I just I wasn't gonna. I just wanted to see if I could. <laughs> but I didn't. But I didn't. Don't worry, I just killed her. Gosh. Why are you speaking hypotheticals? Nothing happened. Yeah, nothing happened. So at this time, after he starts like blabbering to a couple people, someone, an anonymous woman who would not identify herself, that's what it means to be anonymous. <laughs> Just thought I'd explain that. It was his girlfriend. She was <laughs> probably. I know he slept with her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she said that she knew Luke Hasler and that he was involved. So at this time, the police are kind of like, okay, maybe he's ready to like talk again. So they go and they actually, I want to say they actually arrest him at this point, but yeah, I think they do arrest him. Well, they, they, they start talking to him. I think he opens up and then they arrest him, but he goes with the story that he had basically ran over too. So his version of the story is that he was quote, straight up hammered. (laughs) And when he left odd fellows dinner, and then he had decided to go for a drive, which is, like, what you should totally do when you're straight up hammered. <laughs> and, <I> am. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he decided to drive to a friend's house. But when he got there, his friend's house had all the lights off. Go figure. I mean, it's, like, one in the morning. So, you know. I don't know what all these people are doing at this time. But, so he decides, I'm just going to take a little 15-minute, 20-minute nap here in the driveway. And then I'm going to drive back to town. So he says he's going about 55 miles per hour. And he's driving down the road, and I'm about to say something that is definitely very 2004. He tries to change a CD in the car. (laughs) I definitely remember having to do that. (laughs) I had, like, a giant book of CDs. And I had my mixed CDs. I had my bought CDs. I had my stolen CDs. I mean, (laughs) the burn CDs, LimeWire CDs, all that good stuff. So he says he was trying to change the CD, and then he looked up, and he saw Michelle on the road, and he swerved and braked, but ended up hitting her. This is already a different story of the clipping her with a mirror, because he says that he felt a bunch of bumps and figured he ran her over, which I'm like, (laughs) that's a way more extreme story than, like, I clipped the side of her head with the the mirror. Jeez. Um, Yeah, or she was in my truck and then she jumped out <laughs> yeah well he does go, he does go with that so but at first he says he had run her over and he figured oh no like i i just there's a bunch of bumps i must have ran her over so he says he turns around and he sees her stumbling around the road so he pulls over and he She's tries to talk off. to her and offers to take her to the hospital and I guess she's, like, not really responding or saying anything, but he's just like, you know, do you want to get in the bed of the truck and I'll drive you to the hospital? 
and I guess she's like, okay, sure. And so he gets her in the, in supposedly in the bed of his truck. And he says, you know, I was pretty freaked out and I could, it was really dark. I couldn't see how badly she was injured, but I assumed she was injured super bad because I fucking ran her over. And then <laughs> with my big red truck. And then he says that Michelle was standing in the bed of his truck when he started to drive. And he thought, okay, well, she's going to sit down once I like really punch it. But he says that while he was driving, he could hear her screaming and wailing. And then he saw her like straddling the back of the the hatch. You know, what do you, what do you call that thing? The tailgate. <laughs> the tailgate. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Forgot all, all of my truck knowledge. But so she's like straddling that thing and he says he could hear. So he starts to like slow down and then he says all of a sudden like, it, the screaming just stopped and he hears nothing so he stops and he looks and she's no longer in the truck so he said he panicked and drove off but then he felt guilty so he turned around because like no i gotta get her to the hospital and when he pulls up she's he said that she was lying face down on the ground and that he got knelt down next to her and she took two like fast breaths and then one long like breath like like exhaling all the rest of her air and she just stopped breathing so, I swear he got all this from a movie. Like, right. that's just, like, a classic movie death. The cow, like, I'm just thinking in the, his first story, he's just like, oh, in the movies, like, people accidentally hit cows when they're drunk, right? I'll just say I hit a cow. Oh, a girl. I mean, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Clipped. Side, yeah. Just sideswiped her at first. And then, you know. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know. It's a little dramatic to be like, oh, then she took one really long last, like, aspirated breath, and I thought she was dead kind of thing. And then here's the part where he's like, yeah, I thought about doing CPR, but then I, I didn't because I wasn't sure if, like, her lung or something was punctured. And he said, quote, also, she was just really bloody, and she had leaves and stuff all over her. I just couldn't. She was it was gross. bad. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? That's I'm not response. that drunk. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Like, how's it going? Sorry, you have leaves in your hair, and you're like really bloody. And I know I just like ran you over and then threw you out of my truck, but yeah, like I can't. Listen, they said you were a model, but I'm not seeing it right now. Nope. Uh, so and then he says that at this point he caressed her, and he actually used the word caress, and that he wished he could just make her all pretty again and put her back together. Which I'm oh just like, what the fuck? He said that her face was like a big giant mess and her tooth was just hanging out. And he said that at this point, he vomited on her, on her hair oh. and her clothes. Oh my god. That's just what I want someone, you know, to do when they say But, uh, <laughs> You know what this one makes you a little prettier. Lots of Budweiser. Gosh. He's like, I, after I threw up, I knew I was too intoxicated, so I let go of the beer. Yeah. I don't know if he's, like, trying to say that he threw up because she was so, like, unsightly, or if he threw up from alcohol, or it was a mixture, or, like, because she had just died or something. But he said he thought she was dead at this point. So he tried, he, like, dragged her body kind of, like, off the side of the road, and then he said he tried to, like, put her up in his truck but then he fell and she fell on top of him and it's just kind of this mess so at this point he's just like hey i gotta get her like in the in the trunk here you know and he said i'm gonna drive to the sheriff's department which i don't believe for a second but supposedly he says he was gonna do that and then he actually getting he got freaked out because he saw chp somewhere supposedly at one point which i'm like eh, i don't know and so at this point he says okay i just need to like hide her so he says that he like dragged her down to the river and took off all her clothes and cut off her hair because of the vomit and everything was on there and he didn't want like his dna on it and that he did all that and then he went back to his car drove home and he hosed down and washed his truck and he claims i like that he finishes with this that he never did anything against michelle's will and that he had initially just lied to the police because he was really scared. So <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Listen, if someone cut my hair off, that was definitely not. Like, that was definitely against my will. <laughs> right. Or hits me with a car. Of all the <laughs> things, <laughs> hits me with a car. That's pretty against my will too. <laughs> yeah. 
so at this point he's arrested it's tuesday march 16th 2004 this is only a couple days after she's disappeared so and then two days later michelle's body was found um on march 18th 2004 in a small whirlpool in the russian river she was completely naked and her long brown hair like tabitha had said had been cut off um, she had several lacerations, um, contusions, and cuts to her scalp, forehead, face, and neck. It was so severe that parts of her bone and muscle were exposed. Uh, her upper jaw was fractured, and in the middle and behind the eye tooth, which is the canine tooth, um, her lower jaw was completely broken. And then two of her um, incisors were missing. Oh. The autopsy revealed that she had bleeding in her brain and cortex. She also had two large bruises on her left shoulder, two large bruises on the center of her chest, one large contusion below the breast area, and she had bruising all over her hands and elbows. There was bleeding um, in her muscles around her neck, which would be consistent with strangulation, um, and the bruising on her arms looked like fingers. All of her injuries were to the front of her body and happened while she was still It does not sound like getting hit with a truck. Oh, no. no you get hit and by a truck, the tires start strangling you. I don't know if you've had that happen. Like, the fuck? Yeah, when they start shredding. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, kind of interesting, what my, my uncle was telling me was that, uh, and this is a little different, he said um, that one of the reasons that they thought he cut her hair was to keep it from catching in the river and maybe stopping her from flowing down farther or something. I could do that. And um, they only found one set of footprints going in the river. So he he carried her in and went downstream with her in the river and exited somewhere else. And uh, she died of drowning. So he was making sure that she died. (laughs) She did heat it while she was alive. Oh, a man named uh, Dr. Peterson performed the autopsy, and it was his opinion that Michelle was still alive when she went into the river. Um, And even though those injuries could kill her, they were just contributing factors. And like Devin just said, that she did try of drowning. Um, Her jaw was also super swollen, which indicates that she was alive for a significant period of time after it was broken, um, and her lungs were full of water. Gosh. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. So, like I was saying, her injuries were not consistent with a car accident or being hit by a car or anything like that. Like, there's definitely just a lot of evidence to prove that. <laughs> this is something much more sinister than what Luke Hassler was trying to say. Uh, but because he had cleaned the car, it was pretty hard for them to find evidence. And I think, Kevin, you were saying they had searched the car twice already before the yeah they had searched it a ton and and my uncle was saying he's like we just couldn't believe that they're like this guy didn't leave anything like there had to be something and so they they had forensics go through it again and they like they tore it apart they took the seats out and took everything and that's when they started finding uh the evidence yeah so they found like a very well i think at first was the jumper cables there was like a small little spot of blood on the jumper cables and mm-hmm. then they ended up finding a little bit of blood on the seat belt as well and a little tiny drop of blood in the floorboard after they had like dug everything out like that and the blood turned out to be michelle's blood so this contradicts his story first of all because he never ever said that she was inside of his car like in the cab he always said she was in the trunk so that's first contradiction right there aside from just the fact that her injuries are not consistent with car accident injuries and i was like watching like the episode on there and the other detective was talking about you know how much evidence we have over the years of car accident injuries people getting run over and what that looks like like it's very obvious when someone's been hit by a car and it looks nothing like the way that she was so yeah there's not much that can do that to your body and unless you're hit by a bull or something yeah so the story that they think that happened from all the different witnesses and points of views and everything is that when he left like and was driving and he saw her walking out 
he made a sexual advance to her. Like, he probably was, like, asking, you know, hey, you want to, like, get in? You want to go do this? Whatever. And she denied him. And then there was probably this struggle, which is what the homeless man probably heard when he's like, you know, get in the car. No, I'm not going to get in the car. And this is when he threw her in the back of his truck. And there's that clunk. She probably hit her head or something like that. And he had enough time to take off. But then when she comes to... She is now in the back of the truck, straddling it, trying to get out. And this is when the friends saw, and she's wailing her arms, and she's screaming. Now, they're driving down the road. She actually does fall out of the car, but not to the point where it's this kind of insane injury, right? So he turns around to get her, and this is when he punches her really hard in the face, which is what broke her jaw and her tooth. And he beats her. And then he puts her inside of his truck. And this is where she bled in his truck on everything. And he starts heading to his house. But then at this point, he's like, like Devin was saying, I just need to get rid of this. Like, she's going to die. She's, she's already on her way out. And so then he tries, he starts, or he decides to take her down to the river. And which is mortifying to say that he wanted to make sure that she was completely gone, completely dead, and that nothing, like, I think he was hoping that this body would never be found, honestly. Yeah, I'm sure he was. So his trial began on March 1st, 2005, a little little under a year after his arrest, and lasted six weeks. A Sonoma County jury of seven women and five men deliberated for two and a half days before finding Luke Clay Hassler, age 36, guilty of killing 32-year-old Michelle Johnson and committing first-degree murder. He was brought to Mule Creek State Prison in Ione, California on June 16, 2005, um, and this was three days after his sentencing. Um, He is serving... A life sentence as inmate V82073 without parole. Um, Fun fact, (laughs) Herbert Mullen is actually there as well, um, which is a pretty prolific serial killer from who's active in Santa Cruz. Um, Uh, We briefly (laughs) talked about him during the Ed Kemper case. Yeah, we did. Herbie. (laughs) So um, (laughs) fully loaded. (laughs) Yes. He was. <laughs> I also found an article about Mule Creek Prison. So apparently in 2019, they had a 32-week study program on the works of uh, William Shakespeare. And at the end, they like inmates put on a play um, based on Julius Caesar. And uh, Luke was in the play. Oh, my gosh. They the actually picture. do that? I thought yeah. that was just something like they did in movies. Like, oh, we're going to make inmates do play. No, he was in the play. And he's like, there's a picture of him, and he looks like a, a fucking goon. He's just... Oh, please uh, share that with us. <laughs> yes, I will definitely. Um, and then I also found that he was at one point, he had a listing for write-a-prisoner. But it looks like his profile was deleted. I would just... I wish I could have opened it up and see what he was saying on there, but uh, had been taken down or deleted. I don't know quite, you know, what happened. <laughs> means there was something good on there. Probably. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, so he's a... Uh, it's so weird to me that those programs now. exist. What was that? It's so weird to me that those programs, like, exist for... I mean, I get it for, like, people who don't do, like, heinous crimes, but... Uh, like murderers i'm like why are we letting them have a pen pal yeah is there an age limit to those pen pals (laughs) like do you have to be 18 i would hope so i am sure but there's so many ways around that and we actually did like a single shot on a girl she was over 18 but maybe not mentally (laughs) because she like got signed up to doing those pen pals and then she like told her family i'm going to disney world she's from london and then she ended up in Arizona and marrying this guy that was on death row for murdering a girl or a couple girls or something like that. It was so weird. And her wedding cake was like all black and said till death do us part. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this girl? So like two We're, minutes. Right, he's on yeah. death row, so pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess like in our states, it'd probably be like another ten years, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That is true. <laughs> it's so weird people weird really i don't know it's just weird to me that that exists at least for people who are 
on death row or anything like that or murders, convicted killers. I don't. Like, why are you in Shakespeare? Just <laughs> having plays? Jeez. <laughs> He's just like, you too, brute. You too, Luke. We're, the lady finding, we're running out of ways to punish the, the prisoners. Truck. What should we have them do? <laughs> Shakespeare. Just have them do a play. To kill or not to kill? Oh but dance, monkey, dance. That is the question. So oh, some that's just like you know the arts are really good for prisoners. Okay, sh- okay, sure. I want to see that play. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I don't know if it was open to the public or if it was just like for the, <laughs> the CEO. This isn't like some Swedish prison where the play would actually be really great. This is going to be like a very budget American. Like the warden's probably directing it like projecting his high school <laughs> dreams kind of play. That's what I'm thinking. He's like, this is my time to shine. <laughs> Just picture like that scene in Tangle yeah. where she goes to like the, the rubber ducky bar or whatever it's oh, called. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a dream. Yeah, I had a dream. It's all these like ruffians in there singing and stuff. That's like what I picture this being like. <laughs> Good. Oh, <laughs> so, um, our sources for the episode tonight were Forensic Files, that episode that Tabitha read earlier, um, CDCR Inmate Locator, Napa Valley Register, San Francisco Gate, um, and then People versus Hassler Court Case Records. And our very own Devin and her uh, inside scoop from her uncle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And also another little inside scoop. I'm not, sh- I'm not 100% sure of the timeline, but my uncle said that they because i don't know if they dumped the body right away i say they because i think there was an accomplice or something because he's like yeah they were we have surveillance of the guy circling lake sonoma like they were playing and they rented jet skis and so he thinks that they were gonna rent jet skis and try and dump the body in lake sonoma but they didn't get a chance to what the heck (laughs) yeah so i don't think that the stepdad was involved in any way I don't know for this one. I, I've heard him talk about so many cases. Um, there, there was one he worked on for a really, really long time where something similar happened where the dad knew, but and and he like knew his son was gonna kill somebody next. He just, but he wasn't gonna say anything, I guess, to protect him. And m- multiple people died, and it was just like, really, like, why didn't you say anything? Like, we could have helped helped you i don't think it was this one but um there's definitely been a lot of cases that he's worked on that have weird things like that only thing is like when i was looking into this case like there wasn't really like a clear motive other than this guy was drunk and he was trying to get some and someone denied and it like escalated which is probably what happened yeah but if there's an accomplice then it makes me think like well then is there a motive behind this like if there's an accomplice or something you know that would change the or whole... Wh- I don't think there was a motive. I think, like, it was just the classic, like, I messed up and I need to figure out, like, how to get rid of this body. And I feel like a bunch of uh, California hicks would do that. They'd get their car hearts on and their muck boots and they're just like, all right, get her done. Like, let's do it. Bros for life. Yeah. No that would change, asked. though, so much of this case, though, if there was an accomplice it'd be like well why was there only one pair of footprints that went down to the river and- a bunch of odd fellows the odd fellow gang at uh, it again also like <laughs> let's think about this why is that 15 year old girl working at that place <laughs> and i didn't think i realized she was 15 yeah like what are you working there huh well that is the uh that's the case there, guys, uh, that you can drink your white or yeah, white Russian river with. <laughs> so cheers. Um, cheers. Yeah. Thanks, Devin, for joining us today. It's a little different. We haven't yeah, thanks had for having any, me. Uh, guest before. And um, we're going to try doing this a little bit more often. Kind of. I know you guys get tired of just hearing Katie and I's voice. So <laughs> shake it up. Whatever. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so, like I said, follow us on Instagram, Crimes and Cocktails. You can email us at crimes.cocktails at gmail.com. 
That was Minerva, I think, barking in the background. She says hi, too. You can follow our Twitter at Cocktails Crimes. You can check out our Patreon.com slash Crimes and Cocktails. I know I short-sold this later, earlier, but uh, we do hand out, like, cool stickers and T-shirts and things like that. And Unless you're friends with us. <laughs> unless you're friends with us. And then I, I get all the bad there. stuff so that everyone else can get the good stuff. I test it. I test yeah, all of it. Yeah, she tests it. <laughs> Look at this. We let her on an episode, you know? Maybe that's something we do for patrons in the future. I don't know. (laughs) So my keychain sucked. Can I come on an episode? (laughs) Yeah. But we have extra episodes for our patron listeners, and you can sign up for as little as $2, I think. I think it's $2. Yes, the little lime lime wedge. Basically, your money is helping us, A, save up for better recording equipment (laughs) and some more soundproofing. and all those fun little things so yeah you can help us and if you're in the la area you guys should check out devin and at her instagram which is devin lou and like i said she does some stand-up comedy in the area so go yeah if you think my murder jokes are funny you should hear the real stuff (laughs) (laughs) so yeah just like boo (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's every there's there's always at least that one you know (laughs) i want to read the yelp review someone's gonna leave a review on your podcast and just be like devin was the worst i want to read it and i'm gonna find them (laughs) well yeah my uncle is a sheriff (laughs) (laughs) you'll find you if you leave a bad review review, my uncle will find you Speaking of bad Yelp reviews, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and you can also uh, rate and review us on Spotify, so you should do that, too. Please do. And if you're not clicking sub or follow, you should do that as well, even if you don't listen to us, so. (laughs) As a favor. Thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's my time to go to bed over here in Florida, so catch y'all on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Thank you.